0: Yo, yo, this is Treezy. And I'm Young And we are the On-Ear Network. We
1: know you know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves, so we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts.
0: Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity.
1: The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel.
0: And grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories.
1: And of course, Kinda Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV.
0: So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show.
2: Vito Corleone is like King Lear, except he has sons instead of daughters. He is searching for who is going to be his legacy. And yes, in the meantime, he's gonna do whatever he can to provide, to protect his family, and yes, as a last resort, maybe a little bit of murder. But Don wants peace. Yes. ruthless when he chooses to be. Yes, yes, and that, that is why he inspires fear, because of his confidence. He has immense power. He doesn't have to flaunt it.
0: yo yo
1: hi friends
0: what up people it's popular on this mother's day sunday
1: hi our moms are gonna kill us
0: yeah my no i tried to call my mom today and she she made it very clear to me that i was i was interrupting <laughs> Her church service.
1: <laughs> oh, you're trying uh, to call like 9 o'clock. Why did you
0: do that? Her recorded church service, because I tried to get it out the way. I knew I was a busy man. I did get it out the way. That's crazy. <laughs> that, did, that did sound wild. I didn't That's mean it crazy, that way. I'm I didn't mean it that way. But anyway, I called her and she said, you know, hey, man, uh, thank you for calling. How however. I'm calling. <laughs> yeah. However. Pastor you know, is
1: preaching. I got to go.
0: And then she tried to hit me with the, it, you know, and if my mom hears this, I'll, you know, I'm sorry. I put it on blast. I'm sorry. <laughs> she tried to hit me with the... um. She tried to smooth, she tried to get this smooth past me too. And people will do this because they know sometimes I get like really busy and I get bad with communication. Mm -hmm. She was like, Well, call me sometimes because I've been calling you. I tried to reach you. I said, Mom, when not you try to call me? I didn't miss no calls from you. She's like, Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. Well, just call me sometime. See, why didn't you just (laughs) say that? See, why are you trying to make it seem like you've been reaching out to me and all of a sudden? You couldn't feel her thinking about you? No. No. See, see, that's your problem now. <laughs> no. Being in tune
1: with the women in your life.
0: Yeah, I guess that that is a theme that I need to. I don't know. I need to come off my high horse somewhere. Six. I think I'm sitting on it and didn't even realize oh it. Oh My gosh. It, it's a real thing, but. No. Anyway, I'm just. <laughs> your mother's what?
1: I have made a habit. My mother's spoiled. Okay. Um, and it's probably my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, jewelry bags for holidays, stuff like that. Take her shopping. I took her shopping for her last birthday. Okay. She calls me a couple of days from Mother's Day and said, "I don't know what you got planned, but don't do it because I want A, B, and C."
0: Uh-huh.
1: My mother sends me a list of things that she wants fixed around the house,
0: <laughs> right? Not True because I and,
1: and I said, "So you want me to come help you fix this stuff?" She goes, "No, you're going to pay for it." I was wow. like, "Oh, all right." Wow! It made it easy, though. I will say that, yeah, because yeah. like, how much is here? Go away. Wow! Yeah, she was like, I, I know that you like giving all okay, oh, that's great. Jewelry is great. I love bag shopping. Woo! But no, I need a new fence. I
0: need. Mean, wow, a so, new fence.
1: Oh no, fence gutters. Oh, there she, was something where she want painted.
0: She she went for. If she would have said HVAC, I think I would have think she was running extortion on you. <laughs> she, she might be.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was an interesting child, so she might be well yeah. within her rights. If we're being honest, mm. it might just be the interest on the loans.
0: But that, I think that that's dope that that you can you can, you know, foster that request. You it feels know I
1: mean? so good. It oh feels my good, God. Right? Just sending her that azale, I'm like, okay, here. Mm. Oh my God. I wanted to cry. I was yeah. like, my mom just asked me for this much money and I can just say okay here. Uh. So fire.
0: Now now, how do you think that makes her feel? That she could call on you for that kind of stuff and that you can deliver.
1: Probably really good because yeah. she she seemed almost sheepish about it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I know, like, it's a lot. And I was, like, She goes, but, you know, you took me shopping and I figured my birthday. Before that, I got a jewelry. So she's like, I just feel like, you know, it's a theme. So I figured this time I'd let you know exactly what it is I wanted because, you know, it's about around the ballpark, right? Like, if it's not, you just tell me, you can give me something. I'm like, mom, mom, <laughs> right? how much money? Right, <laughs> like, right, right. She's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. I'm like, she posted out on Facebook apparently. Like, it's just been, wow. my aunt texted me. I was like, you're so sweet. She's I'm like, okay, right. lady, stop. I, I'm glad that you're happy, but stop telling people right. that I got a little bit of money. That I relax. got some
0: bread, right. Everybody
1: relax. Like, they, they
0: start coming to you like the dumb. Listen, ain't no <laughs> tissue with my jowls, which was. Ah, oh, that was amazing to watch.
1: I'm learning so much about this movie from watching this show.
0: Okay. Okay. Like,
1: I didn't realize, one, I think that they're doing, and again, I guess it's the book or real life, mm-hmm. when Francis said, I'm going to know who the Don is because I'm not going to cast it. They're just going to show up or something to that effect.
2: Uh, oh. When they
1: were sitting there, he was talking to Puzo and they were like, who's going to play the Don? And he called out that he wanted Brando, Brando but he right. was like, you know, you'll know the Don when you see him. It's not going to be a,
0: a casting thing. It'll just happen. Oh no 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 no! I think what he was trying to say there um, was basically if we casted Brando because of the stature of who Brando is, we you wouldn't have to write a scene saying for somebody saying that's oh, okay, the Don. Okay. Like if he shows up on screen, you know he is the he is well, the he center mass. Either right. way, for
1: me, it was like oh wow, that was made manifest. Like right. he literally said, "Bring me some shoe polish." Yeah, like just and I didn't realize that it wasn't in the script that he got shot at that time. It wasn't right. that that voice wasn't their idea right even the jowls because they made prosthetics and everything for that so it's like oh that's an actor
0: yeah the, and you know what we kind of talked about that a little bit last episode where we, we talked about like how why like movie scripts are very like bare bones yep. and thin because it's like you have to give everybody room to do their job mm-hmm. and that is what makes marlon brando one of the greatest that ever lived and you apparently
1: know? worth the trouble
0: <laughs> <laughs> apparently you know it's that's something i wanted to explore let, let, let's introduce the pod first yes. and let's come back to this. this is the grams of snow podcast uh your favorite mafia drug dealer of teenage addiction poli sci uh crooked cop all things bad guy yeah in economic or economics PG-13 and above. Right. All of that stuff that's rooted in all this bad guy stuff. uh, We're the ones that talk about it. The Rico stuff, all of that. We're the ones that talk about it. Uh, And we're covering uh, the offer on Paramount+. Plus this specific episode is doing episodes 2 3 and 4
1: yes cuz we were backed up and you're binging it anyway for listening to it so
0: right we started realizing that it's just hard to se- like once you see 4 it's kind of hard you know yeah. it's hard to separate everything yeah. cuz it's all one it, they're telling the story so well it one feels of like the one episode big- is
1: going to be three episodes anyway
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. One they of them. They put so, out
1: one, two, and three at the same time, right? You wanted to do it the first one. You we were going to do it the second one. Instead.
0: That's it. So two, yeah. three, and four. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you if you're watching the offer, yeah, there's you've no way them. you've watched them. Yeah. yeah so you caught it. Yeah. So you're. <laughs> I'm sure you're happy about this. Um, but yeah. So uh, doubling back to what you were saying. Um. Uh, you didn't realize that, or did we pass that already when you were talking about brand? Oh, I know what I was going to get into. Okay. I have a hard time understanding how big Brando was. Yeah. I was trying to think of a comparison in modern day to how big, to who would be the Marlon Brando of today? The one that people say is kind of like, it's hard to deal with on set. But when he shows up and he shows up at his full self, he is burning down the screen. And I have a a couple of possibilities.
1: Uh, The man from Succession. Everyone says he's a jerk. Brian Cox? Logan, yeah.
0: Oh, really? Okay. No one speaks well of him. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: But yeah, we talked about it. Um, the book that he wrote that's about how right. he hated everybody and those articles coming out about how he's just a raging jerk.
0: You did say that. But
1: Logan Roy is Logan
0: fucking Roy. He's Logan Roy. And and you know what that's funny because I was gonna make I was gonna say somebody else who actually played his son in a movie. So it's funny, it kind of turns into this Don, you know, and Michael thing. Uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton played Brian Cox's son in 25th hour, the Spike Lee movie. Okay. And um the, the same thing. People talk about how much of a huge jerk Edward Norton. Is. Are you familiar with Edward Norton? The name is very familiar. Okay. Um the first time I got introduced to Edward Norton was on a movie called Primal Fear. Did you ever see that? I was young. Okay.
1: But I I have seen it sure.
0: If oh if if you don't really remember it, go back and watch it. So okay. he, he was he was in primal fear. And then I, I feel like you the this guy. American History X. Yes. He's the he's the he's Derek, the main guy. Okay. The the, the main Nazi oh, that was to prison. He looks like he's a douche. Yeah, but he's a fucking phenomenal actor, man.
1: He played that character way too well. It's probably why I didn't pay too much attention to him after that. I yeah. wasn't really mad at him in
0: real life. But he's nothing like that. Nothing like that. Like he has an ama- he has amazing range. I've seen him do comedy. He was actually in a movie with Marlon Brando, this movie called The Score.
1: It he's was, been in a uh, ton
0: of funny movies. Yeah. He's yeah. he's he's with- uh, Why did you bring with, up Fight Club? That yeah, Fight what I, Cl- that's what
1: I know him from. There Club, you go. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, and, that, and that came after American History X, but yeah, yeah Fight Club. He played uh, opposite Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's one of- He is a very- Now, I don't know if he moves the box office the way it seems like Brando did. No. But- he is one of those movies that. I mean, he's one of those actors that when he shows up in a film, you know he's going to leave it all on, you know, in the project.
1: And You know, it'll be a good movie. Like I'm looking over The Hulk, Fight Club, mm-hmm. Primal Fear, Kingdom of Heaven, The Italian Job.
0: Italian Job. Yep, he was in that. Yeah, he's a
1: solid actor.
0: Solid. Dependable, a plus.
1: You know what I mean? Like it's. It'll be good. Maybe not box office smash, but it's going to be a good movie. Right.
0: A plus. He came to mind. Johnny Depp came to mind for me. Um, poor be, Johnny Depp be, because in because, Johnny Depp you know obviously nobody can argue on the magnitude of the star he is mm-hmm. right um, but there's always there's always seems to be like a cloud of controversy around Johnny Depp in his personal life
1: because well, like, he was with that Amber Heard lady
0: yeah but even before then really you know I mean well so like for instance when um, River Phoenix died mm-hmm. River Phoenix died inside of a club that Johnny Depp owned The Viper, the Viper. Wow. Yeah. That was Johnny Depp owned that club.
1: But River Phoenix was a part of a whole different kind of, uh, like another Hollywood rut. Yeah. Not the 27 club, but it was something. Was it part of the 27 club?
0: Uh, I'm not familiar with that term, the 27 club.
1: Um, Jimi Hendrix, Shannon Shoplin, thinks. Oh, people that died
0: at 27? Yeah. They all. River Phoenix made it to 27? I don't know. I'm asking. I, I thought he was younger than that. I think, I think That's why he Joaquin died, Phoenix like his little brother. Yeah, I think he died like maybe like 23, 24. or older brother. Either
1: way, they're brothers. But yeah, it was
0: something else. Yeah. It was
1: a like a curse associated with that. Let me look at it up while you think through it. But Got Johnny
0: Depp, it. yeah, Johnny Depp comes to mind. Edward Norton comes to mind. Um, I man, it's hard to really Winona Ryder. Interesting, interesting. Winona Ryder is a good one because she is she is. You cannot argue. With the weirder. impact that she made in cinema, um, I, I see. I don't know too much about controversy with her, but weirdo, I do get weirdo vibes to some degree. Um, so okay, I'm not mad at the Winona Ryder comparison. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else, man. Those, those are the only names that really come to And and again, there's stars that are bigger. I mean, I think yeah. Will Smith, Brad Pitt, Tom Tom Cruise, maybe. Maybe Tom Cruise. Not maybe. I can, yeah, I can see the time, but, but, but. Tom, you got to
1: deal with Scientology if Tom Cruise come around. Yeah.
0: Tom Cruise might be the, might be the, might be the Marlon Brando of But he Travolta. doesn't have the, he doesn't have the range. Travolta. Travolta. Has the range and yeah. is a douche. Travolta has the range. I've, I've never heard douche from Travolta, but that, I mean, I'm not an the expert on The documentaries I've seen about him have also
1: been about Scientology. So maybe they, people speaking were biased. Got it. But he seems douchey.
0: Oh, I got a good one, Six. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, downright abusive. So Shia LaBeouf might be the might be the Marlon, And I feel like he might be trying to go for that. Like
1: he might be, he might have surpassed
0: that though. Asshole level?
1: He was abusive to his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, was well, Brando also like no, violent? Dude,
0: well, okay. So Brando had a whole there was a whole thing about this movie called Last Tango in Paris. Mm-hmm where there was claims of like unsimilated sex. Oh. Yeah, in, in, in this movie called Last Tango of Paris. Now, I'm not 100% sure if that is the truth, right? Like, I don't know if there was... You weren't un- there, um,
1: yeah.
0: Um, like, you weren't present for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, wasn't. Right. <laughs> I mean, because, well, it was way before my time. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. of
1: course, you can't prove it, but... Right, right,
0: right, right, right. Good point. Um, but yeah, there was a whole thing about Um, the, the woman who played opposite Marlon Brando said that him and the director, and I forget who the director was of that film. Um, I forget it's a European director, um, that they were basically very like abusive towards her on set. She was like, I think 18 when they shot the movie. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think she, she came out later in life and said that they were just very like, um. You know, what's that thing where like they superimpose their power over you? Coercive. Okay, coercive and 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 I guess sexual domineering, yeah. Domineering, right? Yeah. And um she felt pressured into doing a lot of these things that they wanted to do on film. Yeah. So no, so I think Marlon Brando's there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if if those are true, you know?
1: Yeah. the like, Booth's a fucking dickhead and sold Marlon Brando.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I
1: hate uh, that. Why you gotta be an asshole to be a good actor?
0: Yeah. It's a sense of troubling. There's a, there's a really good documentary that helped me get some clarity on Marlon Brando. It's this documentary that was done, I think in 2015. Um, and it was, it was all his audio, you know, he died, he's died, you know, years ago. It was all his audio. He was doing like an audio journal. Um, I forget, I forget the details, but basically he had like hours and hours and hours of audio where he would just talk to a tape recorder. Um, you know, back, I want to say this is maybe like back in the nineties or the Mm eighties. And I guess he was planning on doing something with it, but it never got around to it. So this is like a whole bunch of, this is like a bunch of audio journals merged with like actual footage. And then like this sort of CGI, um, matrix, not matrix style, like Tron style animation of like his face talking. It's very weird. It's very eerie, but it was really good. it It, it gave some um, it gave some context to who he was as a person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he was very much an activist, you know. Like, really? Yeah, he was very much an activist. Like, I don't know if you remember. I, I actually think it was when he was receiving the Academy Award for The Godfather.
1: Was it, that when he bought the Native American woman? There you go. Yeah, he
0: he let her come on, and you
1: and, know, John Wayne tried to punch that lady in the face. <sighs>
0: It doesn't surprise me. John Wayne, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, considering the movies he was in and considering probably who he was that's outside crazy. of That's crazy. That's really ridiculous. That's some Trump shit. Like? Yeah, John Wayne was Trump. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fucking ridiculous. But, you know, and it's, you know.
1: But he I embodied it. the Godfather. Like, that. W- it was just so cool, I guess, to watch that process and how that works. Like, I don't know any... Actors or actresses personally.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm lying. I do know one, but not that has, they haven't had that role yet. So, right. but to watch someone go, oh, yeah, I see it this way and to transform into a role that I love. Cause I'm looking at him thinking, what's the name of the gentleman who's cast as fake Marlon Brando?
0: As fake Marlon? Brando? The
1: person who's playing Marlon Brando here.
0: Oh, I don't, I'm not sure.
1: I've right seen him at other things before and I'm looking at him and I'm just like, you don't feel like Marlon Brando. Right. And then I realized, because I don't think Marlon Brando is Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando to me is the Don.
0: Okay, so Got I'm looking it. at Got him it. and I'm
1: just like, right. you don't feel like Marlon Brando, right? And then he starts talking. I was like, oh, that's why you don't, because he was so good at this. That's who Marlon Brando is to me. That right? I was yeah. like, Oh, that's crazy. No,
0: this guy smoked Marlon Brando. Like,
1: yeah. Uh, imagine because no, when he started smoking the golf, I was like, oh, you are good at it. Just. Oh, I don't know who Marlon Brando is, but right. I just think that he's Don Vito. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that, yeah. And, and, and in all fairness, I mean, same here. Vito Corleone, uh, his role in Apocalypse Now, and fucking the the supermans with christopher reeves yeah those are those are really my only context to to, to marlon brando marlon
1: brando played superman
0: he didn't play superman he oh, played superman's father uh, uh 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 not jor-el i forget whatever his father's name is I'm
1: but Marvel girl
0: you're a Mar- marvel girl
1: I, it's a running joke sorry. oh okay i'm okay. a marvel girl <laughs> okay Marvel is um <laughs> what you say to people who don't know what marvel is i try to be cute about it Marvel, Mar-Vell, marvell got it
0: yeah, no. The the this, the guy who plays Brando smoked it, man. Because I number one, it's already hard to imitate the, and I wouldn't even say imitate. It's hard to just embody the biggest actor of that generation. Mm-hmm. But then you have to embody him in his creating role. a character. Yeah. So it's like he's playing two people in one.
1: Yeah. It's like the inception of acting.
0: Yeah, it's, that 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 was a that was a big scene in episode four, man.
1: It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was and just to watch Frances' face, like, oh my god, this is it, this is it, this is it. Yeah, like it was good. It was so good. It moved me.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- that moment when somebody when a character brings life to something that you've written, it's it is a magical moment, man. Yeah, especially when they do it when they do it way better than you even imagined, mm. because you write it with an imagination. You know, that's why I, I see nobody but Brando. Yeah. You know, that's, that was him and Puzo. Yeah. We see little nobody little but Brando. Missed four
1: other meetings like a fucking dick.
0: Right. But they, they embody, they saw it, Brando as he was. Right. He created the extra layers, you know, the black shoe polish on the hair. Which is why you choose him. Yeah. So, um, so dope. and it, it, And I'd always, um, so this show is doing something that's very interesting where it's it's kind of changing up moments a little bit but okay. it, it's kind of like taking they're being efficient right it's like they meet Brando and then Brando transforms into this purpose perp- person all in one meeting mm-hmm. not saying that that didn't happen but probably not uh, yeah it's probably it's probably a little bit more spaced out than that potentially but I but what I do know is a little different is You know, when uh, Coppola captured him on film doing it, I don't think that happened there. So, like, from what I understand, in order to, you know, he did capture him on video, Mm -hmm. eight millimeter, no sound. Um, But instead of telling Brando that he had to do a screen test, they were like, yo, let's shoot a makeup test. And, you know, so so for the makeup artists and yeah. stuff like that, right? Because like, they had to build out
1: the process and stuff, yeah.
0: Right. But really, it was a screen test to show to Evans and, and ah. you know, to get the studio on board. But they had to play some psychology with him. Yeah. So when he did all that, he did all that in a makeup test that, that Coppola shot. Gotcha. So, you know, I, you kind of see where they merged them meeting with him and shooting the makeup test. Yeah. In, in, in sort of one scene, which is, you know, which is fine because I get it. You got... Efficiency, eight,
1: like you said, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You got a few episodes to tell it.
1: Why does everyone hate Frank Sinatra? Uh,
0: if he acted the way he acts on this,
1: yeah. But I'm just saying, like, this is who knew that old Blue Eyes was a fucking dick. Was a was 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 talking shit to
0: Joe Colombo.
1: My favorite song is "Fly Me to the Moon." R- really? Yes. Okay. If you ask me, like, all time ever, uh-huh. "Fly Me to the Moon." Fly Me to the Moon, which is very off brand for me.
2: Uh, okay. But
1: yeah, but that's crazy. Like Frank's notch out here being a fucking I figured everyone hated him because maybe he was sleeping with their wives. Mm. Not because he was a stinking douche.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's I wanna be my boss. Like crazy. But, it, but it's got it's it I'm I'm a, I'm gonna tell you, it's got me interested, like, in understanding was he a lot more of a of a boss in that way.
1: Then they can tell.
0: Than yeah. than he showed to the public.
1: Or than just people are willing to share. That part. He got kids and carrying on, like.
0: Yeah. And and you said something interesting last episode because he was basically the money, you know. Yeah. So I guess that gives you a little bit more freedom to speak in that way. Um, maybe to some people. Or they're more tolerant because you're an earner.
1: No, I'm just saying like people like Marlon Brando hated him
0: oh right i'm saying right,
1: outside right, of right, the italian right. mom and mafia, like at the five families like right why does everyone hate frank sinatra uh, like
0: he, that guy that maybe sucks the air out of the room maybe? like if
1: marlon brando hated you
0: yeah but he seemed like a guy that he was he was he, he pissed off by a lot of people
1: yeah but he was a douche so like if right. you were pissing off the douchebag
0: you've got to be you understand <laughs> you've got to be like, something different
1: like yeah. you got under his, you got under Marlon Brando's skin.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Like the rapist is upset with you.
0: Wow, not the rapist. That's what you said. <laughs> no, I don't want coercion say... <laughs> is rape. Yes, yes.
1: Take a conversation, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If yeah. a guy who had to coerce an eighteen-year-old into having sex on this on the movie, screen. right, right, when right. she thought there was gonna be little prosthetics in between, right, is mad at you. That guy's mad at you. Yeah. What did you do? That's true. Like
0: that's a good point. That's a very good point. That that that's very interesting.
1: What did you do?
0: Oh, that's very that's a very interesting question. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's across the board, man. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody. Um, I really love the puzo coppola scenes. Those are like kind of my favorite so far. Yeah. Yeah. Do you smell that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Did you eat my ham
1: sandwich? (laughs) No, I watched you eat (laughs) the ham
0: sandwich. Um the, the it's very hard for me to believe that these guys didn't know each other before i mean if they're telling us it, i'm guessing that's the truth but it's just they're so good together that it's just hard to believe that this is the thing that introduced them to each they other they were
1: friends soulmates they had to be if they didn't know each other before that
0: they yeah they had to be man because they, they're one and the same man to Do some they stay degree. buddies Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah, yeah, because you know, they wrote two and three together. Yeah, you know, they were working on four. I think this became like a lifetime friendship before Puzo died. Yeah, I hope their kids grew up together and stuff because they are very much. Did Puzo have kids? I don't know. Yeah, see, they I don't know either.
1: Erica never gave us babies, damn. I
0: hope so because she was too cool. Yeah, um, but I but I'm just not sure. I've never heard. Of any children of gotcha. you know uh, uh, Coppola, I mean, he has a daughter who's made some amazing movies. Sophia really, Sophia Coppola, you never heard of her?
1: You know, I, I probably not as much in the background of movies as I should be.
0: Okay, check this out. Sophia Coppola was the girl that played Corleone's daughter, Michael Corleone's daughter in Part Three. That's Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Really, the girl who the, the um, what is his daughter's name? Oh, I forgot just that fast. But the one that dies at the end on the steps. Yeah. That's Coppola's daughter in real life. Okay. So that's Sophia Coppola. She is one of, to me, one of the best American film directors. Really? She's she did a movie that is a thousand percent in my top 20 called Lost in Translation.
1: St- I love that
0: movie. Starring that's that's Sophia Coppola okay. with with Bill Murray and um Scarlett Johansson yeah. in, in Japan. Yep, she directed that. I did not know that. Uh-huh. That uh Virgin, I thought I'd
1: start reading credits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Virgin Suicide. She's one of those ones, man, where like when she gets behind something.
1: Wow. The Virgin Suicide. Okay.
0: Yeah. The it's, Virgin Suicide. Even just Suicide
1: those was... two names. is. Yeah. Those are cult classics. Okay.
0: It, it was a cult film. <laughs> if, if you catch my drift. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm going to was... go home watch that. Mm-hmm. Make my mom watch it scare
0: some. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, so he he you know, he does business with his daughter. she has her own film production in print, that's so fire. you know, that's got to be special, man is uh, like literally, it's like the relationship between Michael Corleone and his daughter, yeah, where it's like she just grew up admiring him,
1: yeah, I'm like I want to do it
0: yeah and and except she survived. Yeah, but what's funny is he talks about he talks about this too, and she did such a horrible job in Godfather Three. Oh, she was very bad. <laughs> she was, t- and and the film is like, um, the press essentially killed her. Mm-hmm. Like they, so it was kind of like poetic, s- poetic in that way, where it's like, yeah, the the mm-hmm. you know the the uh, yeah Coppola like the Godfather sort of just became the parallel to what seems like his real life, yeah. <laughs> to some degree.
1: You I mean, you pull yourself into it the way that they seem to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially after them being so well received and so good. Like mm-hmm. First Godfather Man it was I don't care what Paramount thought they did before that. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> like, I, I I never even heard a love story. N- never. <laughs> I never even heard a love story. Is that a real movie? I think so. I guess so. Like, yeah. Fuck I out of here. Never even heard of that's how that's how much this film towered. Over anything paramount is I've never heard a love story until this shit. I'm on a winning streak. I wouldn't call one film a streak, <laughs> right? <laughs> Shout out to Betty. I love her. She's she's if she existed, if she's a real character, because because I don't know, right? I don't know if she was just written in for like the the, the drama.
1: I hope she's real, and I hope I, that they gave her her things.
0: Man, and I hope she has like some sort of a book out. Be, oh my gosh, because yeah. Her perspective it was probably gold. Yeah, like if she wrote a tell-all. <sighs>
1: If she just shared her phone book one day.
0: Yeah, she was different. Um Um so all right. So did so you finally got a chance to see uh, the Congressman Biagi scene and uh in Ruddy.
1: The Salazo conversation, yes.
0: Crazy, right? <laughs> I, really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um they, they and there's they've there've been a few moments like that where it seems like I guess they're kinda trying to show like Art imitating life, or life imitating art. You know what I've noticed more day. in that? What's that?
1: Locations. Okay. Where he and Francois were staying. Uh-huh. Is that the hotel from Kay and Michael's fight?
0: I didn't even. I didn't notice that, but you. But you might be right. Between
1: that fireplace and that sitting area and those double doors, and that I. I am very confident that that is the hotel from Kay and Michael's fight.
0: Yo, you might be right, yo. Yeah. That's that's
1: wild. I'm very I'm, I'm 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 87% sure.
0: Uh if, if it is, I hope that they kind of like point that out, right? Like when like when they're looking for locations.
1: It felt like they kind of maybe. Oh, you mean mm-hmm. the rest of, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. But it felt like they even lingered around the fireplace and they had her stand. They were they were standing as if they were Michael and Kay again, but they do that a lot too. Right. In the area where they had the fight and like they were had a disagreement and that turned into yeah, I was like, Ooh. This is one of my favorite scenes this whole movie, is it?
0: Good catch, yeah. man. Very good catch. That's dope if they if they did, that is fucking dope.
1: Bro. I think so. I, I do think it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, down to when Columbo was looking for Gallo. Galloway Gallo? Oh,
0: uh, Joey Gallo.
1: Joey Gallo. Yeah. He went to an orange stand.
0: Oh, he sure did.
1: He went to an orange stand and him yeah. and Nikki Barnes are looking behind. There's stuff like that. Right. Easter yeah. eggs. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's a, there's a shit ton of them. Like, um, when they, when, um, I think the way that, uh, episode three starts, maybe I forget which one, when they come and they grab, uh, Ruddy yeah. and they take him to go see Columbo. Yep. That's kind of like when they were taking Michael, uh, when yep. they picked up Michael to go see Salazzo. Yep. And, come yeah. on. Yeah. Get in the car. Yeah. It's like, we're going to Jersey? Yeah. You know, yeah, that was like car. that scene. Yeah. Um, But that was the same slots so of conversation. A thousand percent. Didn't
1: they, st- I feel like they took parts of the actual conversation mm-hmm. and interjected, I'm not crazy?
0: No, not crazy at okay. all. There, a lot of the dialogue was very spot on, you okay. know. Uh, obviously, you know, it was molded for, it was a different conversation, yeah. you know, but, uh, but yeah, no, I would say like a good chunk of that middle dialogue went. When Biagi started to, when he interrupted him, he was like, I must say no. And I, it's true. I do have a lot of friends. And, mm-hmm. You know, all yeah, all that was lifted right from the script. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and of course, I don't think they're trying to show us that to say that, like, these moments made the script or vice versa. I think it's just a way of being efficient for Ta-da. people that love The Godfather, yeah. you know. Um, just
1: like, this is the Easter egg.
0: Yeah, Easter yeah. egg. There you go. Um, yeah. And then uh, another one that I saw, hold on, let me check my notes because- it was, oh, the rat inside the book on the bed. Yes. Bob Evans.
1: I was expecting a horse head. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, me too. I was like, I think I'm walking here. It's going to be a horse head. Uh. Because it was to a film producer, again, about, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Fontaine, the singer, Johnny yes, Fontaine. About the movie. Yeah,
0: Jack yeah. Waltz didn't want Johnny Fontaine. He doesn't get
1: F- this part. <laughs> yeah. And now he's hollering about Pacino. Doesn't get <laughs> this part.
0: I called him a shrimp. Yeah. What did you think about Pacino?
1: That was impeccable.
0: He's doing Pacino better, better than, than
1: Pacino, <laughs> like down to the mild mannerness of it. Because I, I was always very amused, fascinated. It was interesting to me watching a conversation with Al Pacino uh-huh. versus watching his characters. Yes, because he's very quiet and mild mannered. Yes, almost timid. Right, but he, then he plays these characters who will blow your fucking brains out. Right. And who's doing Coke everywhere? Like, mm-hmm. so I was like, wow, you really, yeah. you nothing like these people. Nothing like them. You're just mild mannered and meek and mm-hmm. almost like much smaller than life versus mm-hmm. the larger than life characters you're constantly playing. And they found someone who does that very well while still having presence. Man. That was so cool. Down yeah. to the paleness. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Everything, I mean, the, there was just very micro manner, mannerisms. That the kid, whoever I, I forget his name, it's like Anthony Ippolito or something like that. The way that. he
1: held his neck, the way he was always tucking his chin and almost looking down, glanced up enough to have a conversation, but always very yeah, making himself small. Like yeah, because Pacino. I'm obsessed with Al Pacino. We have the same birthday. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. So you know, like when you're a kid, you look in that book of birthdays, and that was the first person I could recognize their name. Oh, that's my birthday too. Right. Um. But he was. He did. He always held his head like. Almost like he was, I don't want to, like sheepishly, Mm. like he would bring his shoulder up to his head all the time when he talked. It Uh. was just kind of like a trying to make himself smaller, like, don't notice me, but yeah, sure. Right. Like, yeah. So even the way that he captured something like that was crazy to me.
0: Crazy, man. Spot on. Like So it went from what we've seen through the span of two, three, and four. They wanted to cast him. Bob Evans doesn't want him casted. No,
1: the shrimp never gets his part.
0: Right, the shrimp never gets the part. And then uh, because Francis uh, Francis was so like, I have to have Pacino. Mm-hmm. Ruddy went to bat for him, went behind uh, Evans's back, and got uh, basically uh, uh, blood bloodhorn to to weigh in on an executive decision, yep. saying we're going to use. So you know, and we'll come back to that. But Ruddy was cross. Ruddy did what he was supposed to do, but obviously, you know, he's it had hated it. To be. He's he, to some degree, right? Um so then once they sit down with Pacino and finally tell him that he's got it, and he's like, I already signed on to the gang who don't shoot straight with Columbia. You could, obviously he didn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, he just he agreed to it because he didn't think he was gonna get the Don. But how how Pacino walked out of that diner, even when he did like this little stomp when he was leaving. I was like, yo, that I don't know Pacino personally, but he would do that. But it seems like he would do that. Yeah, that kid, man, these people that are embodying, they're taking such good character, uh, such good care of characters that like we really fuck with already. Yeah, you know, and they're doing this thing where it's like they're giving us the perspective of what we know to some degree. You with know, backstory, with backstory, yeah, man, it's crazy, man. Yeah. However, I I will say that the show portrays what I heard about how Pacino got on way different. I had always heard that Pacino got onto The Godfather because of um the lady who played Kay. Really, uh, Fonda. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. I said yeah. Fonda. Yeah, Diane Keaton. Yeah, uh, Diane Keaton was already cast as Kay, and um.
1: Which was a very weird casting. I'm interested to see them explain that.
0: Yeah, it, it is. She don't
1: make no sense as Kay. I, I she think did She
0: did a wonderful job, but it was like. I think she was kind of like somewhat of a big deal at that time because I, I feel because um. You know what? White standards of beauty have always been very different. In so different. Eyes.
1: Yeah. I so mean maybe... Jackie Kennedy.
0: <laughs> Which we know how you feel about Jackie Please Kennedy. Don't fucking
1: get me started on that
0: fucking bug.
1: <laughs> he does this on purpose. I hate Jackie Kennedy. Bro. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Sorry, bro.
1: Oh my God. And I don't know why, but I don't, oh God, I hate her yeah. so bad.
0: But, but I had always heard that she's the one who pointed, uh, Francis towards him and said like, yo, it's like when he, when he looks at you, it's like, he's undressing you with his eyes. Like she's one to be well, low key. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wouldn't do it too. You know? Oh. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'd was i I'd always heard that Diane Keaton was the one that got Pacino on, or at least turned uh, Francis towards him. Okay. Um,
1: less interesting.
0: Yeah, way less interesting. Yeah. They they did it better here.
1: And it gets to parallel the story of the producer in the movie this way.
0: Right, yeah. right, right. Good point. Good point. Um, I want to talk about Coppola a little bit here. Because he's- brat. <laughs> Oh, uh, fucking brat! Th- you know, <laughs> for good
1: reason. But goddamn,
0: <laughs> w- what's the word that you that you put me on? He's like unsatiable. Yes, <laughs> like this motherfucker. Yes. He can't just like be happy with a win. No, he. It, but, however, right, like we're saying this with the context of both of us feeling like Godfather is one of the most perfect movies of all time. Right. Okay. So obviously he was right. He was trying to get there. He right. was trying to get there. Um. But watching, like you, you know, like he basically had to be told, like, "Yo, I'm not going after who you want for Jimmy Khan. Con- I mean, for for Sonny, like right. we're going with Jimmy Kahn. right? You know." And I think the guy who he wanted to play Sonny ended up playing one of the Rosados, bro- one of the Rosado brothers in that, uh, in part two and three. Okay, so he ended up getting that guy on. It was just a little right. further down the road. But.
1: And I just think that you know something I'm learning is there are two types of people um when it comes to a win. Mm-hmm. There are people who are okay with incremental wins. Mm-hmm. And that seems like what ready is. And you know, okay, this one leads to the next one. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who think, I have not won anything until it's done. Right. Like all of these are just these are tools to get to a win. This is not a win. I haven't I haven't achieved anything yet. Right. Yeah. Like where ready's like, no, we got this. We're doing good. What did Kobe say? Job's not done. Job's not
0: done. He like, a killer,
1: right? Yeah. Job's not done. So Coppola might just be the Kobe of filmmaking at this point,
0: like oh, for sure. So
1: you're a brat, but you'd be right.
0: Yeah, you'd be right. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah. He he was um that speech that he gave when they finally got Brando locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he kind of gave a very like cynical sort of like a downer speech. You Jesus. know, uh, but but. He I'm, does that consistently. I'm trying to figure out, like, is that part of his negotiation arsenal? Like, when dealing with Ruddy, he understands that, like, if he if he presents his disappointment, as disappointed, Ruddy will step up and like and go to bat for him.
1: That's such such manipulation, but
0: it might be. But but that would be the film director in him because you yeah. have you have to manipulate things around you. You have to <laughs> for the right and, outcome, and everybody has their different. You know things that motivate them. Yeah. Um. So maybe he's just identified with that in Ruddy
1: like, producing the producer.
0: Mm. And then Ruddy had to shut that shit down. Like nigga, I just went like Slim. I have lost my job
1: almost four <laughs> times now. I jumped Re- ass. Relax.
0: I almost got my
1: boss fired messing with you. Yeah. Relax.
0: Relax, dog. Take the take the double. Tranquilo.
1: Everybody, calm down. Yeah. My boss came to my house and threw a script at me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like a hundred and seventy page script, fam. Is that a lot? Yes, so so the 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 quote unquote rule when it comes to script, one page of script equals one minute on screen. Okay. So wow. one hundred and seventy pages is you know a little under, little under three hours. Three hours would be what one hundred and eighty minutes. And
1: how long was the Godfather?
0: Exactly. So so I guess <laughs> we, kept <laughs> we kept every page. We kept every page. He did. So I thought that was interesting when he sat down with Columbo. The way he got Columbo on board was so brilliant, man. Because he knew he was stupid. <laughs> I'm inviting <laughs> him to read it.
1: You know what he's going to do? Not read this.
0: Colombo said, "What is does fade in? What does that mean?
1: Like, <laughs> it's a script term, bro. It means the screen's going to fade in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not gonna new every read day.
0: This. I'm not going to read this shit. He said, Listen, just t- taking the word mafia out. That uh, that's brilliant because it's right. I don't think mafias ever.
1: I think they say it. the line they said they were going to take out, I feel like still exists. Okay. Or maybe it just exists without the word mafia. He says friends. He says the G word, the W word, friends. Not mafia buddies.
0: Oh, no. Um, yeah, when Waltz went crazy. Yeah. And he was like, no, I don't want no, no, no. The, the Italian slur, yeah. the German slur. I mean, he threw them all. He threw all the slurs at the wall. Yeah, but
1: yeah. he. where I guess he would have said mafia, he said friends. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah that's... I mean, brilliant. And and I mean, at the end of the day, that's what that's what the fan... Well,
1: and that proves Reddy's point. Like, this isn't about that. It really is just about a family who happens to do that by trade. Right. Because The Godfather is not a mafia movie. It's not.
0: It is, but it's not, right? It, it's
1: like, about a family who happens to be in the mafia. Exactly. Like, it's not a mafia movie. It's about a turning... A coming of age, almost, of a family. Right. These two young boys and who's going to make it. Like.
0: In, in the grand scope of things, though, I do want to know... Did this have more of a positive or negative impact on the Italian culture in America? Um,
1: be- Everybody loved that fucking movie. I don't know if it had a bad impact.
0: R- right. Everybody loved it, but also... It might have mystified
1: them. It, you know what? It did glorify the
0: mafia. It. I mean, at the end of the day, the mafia is kind of like, it's, it's one of those, I hate to say it, but anytime I see like a t- Tony Soprano like person like in real life, I see if I see an Italian dude in a suit, automatically, right? Like yeah, you you're definitely
1: all Ma- olive yeah, oil, yeah,
0: right? <laughs> so it it did I think it maybe did lean into some stereotypes. I, the only reason why I shudder is because we weren't alive before the Godfather to know what yeah. the atmosphere was around the Italian Americans.
1: Well, let Nicky Barnes and them tell it. You know, this is what it is.
0: Yeah. It, it like is. That's,
1: and again, we we know that probably didn't start as a bad thing. Right. It probably started as a way to protect each other. Yeah. A way to take care of one another. um, And it just morphed into something else. For sure. Or maybe it didn't morph into anything else and the government just decided to vilify it. That two things can be true. Hmm. Like, okay, y'all taking too good care of yourselves. Now mm-hmm. actually, stop it. Well, Let's make everybody hate you.
0: Propaganda's real. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. I mean... Yeah, I mean we 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 spoke on it last episode, but absolutely like it's 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 economy. I mean yeah. this is this is how you have to build a community. Mm-hmm. They they need pillars of of economics. And um yeah, and and unfortunately they have to
1: Someone you know, has to
0: police. They, they someone has to police, somebody has to go go bring the money from other cultures, other communities into their community. Order so it can has circulate. to be
1: kept, someone gets it. People hate hearing this, but the entirety of a community cannot be trusted to create what order looks like. Someone mm. has to be in charge. The hierarchy exists in humans for a reason. For a reason. Humans yeah. thrive in hierarchies. Yeah. And the person who normally gets the top of it is the most powerful. Is the most powerful,
0: right. So. And, and And quite frankly, just the person that, you know, that knows how to plan i mean because right impose organized. their will yeah, yeah. Impose that's their part will.
1: of power too like mm-hmm. your influence power is just the ability to influence right so mm-hmm. whoever's the most influential with the most positive outcome mm-hmm. should be the person who decides what order looks like right so
0: that's that's true um fucking francois we'll okay no let's get there now fucking francois so so what's your take on this whole, on francois whole thing i want her
1: out of here how come um one, I will say that it started out with her being what felt like very needy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could just be just the way that I view things in relationships and partnerships. But you keep asking what he's hiding from you. He's mm-hmm. not going to tell you. Let go. Mm-hmm. And if you know he's hiding something that's probably putting him in an uncomfortable position and he's choosing not to share it with you. Yeah. I would be like, there's a reason I'm not, I'm not supposed to notice. Right. Cool. We're moving on. I love this man and I trust him. Next. Right. Um, I have not been in danger. I don't know if he's in danger. It's a grown ass man. Right. I. What am I going to do anyway? Um, That's one. Two, I don't like nosiness. Mm. And she keep butting her nose and stuff. Mm. These are all very personal things that don't really have to matter. But that conversation with Betty that she had. Right. There's a bunch of nosiness. Like, stop. Just stop touching stuff. Right. Then she go and take the script. Who told you to do that? Right. Who told you to go to this man's place of business and carry on this way? Right. Then you have conversations behind this man's back with a fucking movie executive. Mm-hmm. You got your little hotel. That's cute. <laughs> you got your divorce settlement. That's
2: cute.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know that happens, and then under the guise of "I want to help you," "I want to help you." Who told you he needed help?
0: Who told you he needed help, man? Who told you he needed
1: your help? But you know what? There are some people who look at things their partner enjoys and are passionate about and say, I want to be a part of this with you. I want this to be a wee thing right. because you enjoy it. And that works for some people. Um, Where it becomes Reddy's fault is he said, okay.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And she was right. Every step of the way he placates her. Mm. She's never heard no mm. when it should have been a no. Mm. It should have been a, hey, this, this, what he said in therapy, he should have said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set a boundary here because I kind of like this and I live with you and I love you and we do all these things together. I like to produce and do my job right. <laughs> by myself without you. I don't need your help here. Right. Because for her, it's, I, I think her motive really is I want to help you, especially watching his trajectory from when she met him and he was not broke but wasn't where he's on his way to now. Right. And she's like, you're leaving money on the table. like you know, I, You're very ambitious, you're passionate, and a lot of times – that can translate to people who aren't creative as you like making money. Right. So like, because I'm not a creative person and even having creative friends, I had to shift a mindset of, there are certain things that y'all just don't do. You don't really care how much it pays. Right. Um, so for me, what my brain goes to, oh, you can make more money doing this. And they're like, but I don't want to do that. Mm. And that's an adjustment for someone who's not creative. Okay. So in her mind, she's helping. It's a, well, I can vet it and then you can get it. And then, you know, we'll make this more. And he's like, I don't.
0: I don't need that, bro.
1: But he didn't say that. You're right. He you're said, right, okay. Right. He said, okay. Then she comes to the office, running her fucking trap out. Frank, fucking. <sighs> I don't want to say she don't know her place because that's a crazy thing to say. But yeah. it might have been a little bit more to the left than to the right as <laughs> she was standing <laughs> on. And she missed her mark. She won't stand out on the right X.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like the way you put that. She
1: won't stand out on the right X. I
0: like the way you put that. <laughs> yeah.
1: D- d- um this is tough,
0: man. That's- you're
1: a creative husband.
0: Share, share your your point of view. Man, I'm I feel ready to to the utmost extent. You know, a lot of what you have to do when you're fighting these wars, and I, I think this extends beyond film producer. Mm-hmm. I think when you're totally engulfed in your work, in your work means something more to you than anything you can express, you know, the, the need to get it done, the need to get it out of your system. Um, sometimes it comes before people that you love in your life. You know what I'm saying? And the people that truly get it, you are the, (sighs) You have a different reverence for them. Mm -hmm. This is why, you know, him and that casting director ended up, looks like, slept together. Yeah. Because she put it perfectly. Like, nobody's gonna understand why this particular situation, Pacino getting the job to play Michael Corleone, nobody else is gonna understand how important that is. Yeah. You know, some people are gonna write it off like it's not that big of a deal. They're gonna try to have solutions for you that are not in alignment with the thing that makes your soul tick yeah. <laughs> for why you're in it. They're going to, they're just going to impose how they feel about it and try to get you to get over it. And 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 by all means, it's for, they think they're doing it for the betterment yeah. of you, but they just don't understand you. Yeah. And, and instead of trying to understand you, they want you to understand them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is that like, this happens when like, this is why you have to be very careful. In my opinion, this is a, a stupid man's opinion. You got to be very careful about um the, um what kind of what kind of stance you take in a relationship, right? Like there there's it always seems like there's going to be one person fighting to make it work and one person that's allowing that person to fight to make it work, right? That just always or, or you're going to have two people fighting for, to make it work, mm-hmm. you know. It's important to find, it's just very important to find somebody who you feel like is not going out of their way to understand you. Yeah, it, I know that's a hard thing to figure out, but it, and this is why I understand why people say you have to fix yourself before you find somebody. Yep. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself bending to what they want because you're not exactly, you don't know how to express what it is that, you, right. that What you are. Like he was telling
1: her, like, like he didn't tell her, right? I don't need your help. I don't want you to
0: do this. Yes,
1: he just thought, okay, if it makes you happy, right? What, what, what makes you happy,
0: right? (laughs) And and but see, he he kind of knows, but he's he's coming into this in real time. This is his first film that he's producing. This is the first thing that like he really feels like I'm ready to go to bat for. So he's still building the the blocks of who. Albert Ruddy is, you know, so you got somebody who seems like they're sure of themselves, you know, imposing themselves onto your life as you're still building it, Yeah, you know, and that's, it's just dangerous for the person that is imposing because you're, you're, you're going to, it's only going to end one, one of two ways. Either this person is going to just acquiesce into the point of like, they despise you for bringing them lower than what they feel like they can vibrate on. Or, or they're going to drive you crazy going in the direction that you're trying to, you know, if they keep going, he's never going to open up. He's never going to be. No,
1: you just showed me I I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to be the transparent person that you want me to be. Not because like I have, he's he's not hiding. He's not, he, he wasn't sleeping with anybody else. He's not taking His money was from him? The Godfather, and you knew about it. That's like, it. I'm I'm not cheating on you like
1: And it wasn't even so much I don't know that she felt betrayed. I think it was I don't feel like an equal in your work. You don't have to feel like an equal in my work. Yeah. I think that something a lot of people like you were saying struggle with is you don't have to understand everything about your partner. That's it. Like you don't there are some things that just are, and that's okay. Hmm. Like, you don't have to understand everything around you all the time. You can't. Right. You cannot have an understanding or a logic for everything that happens in your life or anyone else's. Right. And you have to learn which things that you absolutely require understanding for mm-hmm. and which things are like, well, that's just how he roll. Well, yeah. Sometimes your partner is, that's just how they are. That's just how they are, man. That doesn't count for everything. No. Like, they can't be a raging dick all right. the time and that's who they are, but- If you know that every Tuesday they're going to wake up at 3 a.m. and eat a piece of wheat toast and peanut butter on it Mm -hmm. just because it makes them happy, Mm -hmm. you don't have to understand why wheat toast and peanut butter at 3 a.m. moves them to tears the way it do. It just do. You stay in bed, though. This is their time with their wheat toast and peanut butter. You don't have to be a part of it. Nobody asked you to go get special wheat toast. No, they like Nature's Own. Yeah. Ain't nobody tell you to go get no organic peanut butter. No, I likes Jiffy. Right. And no one told you sitting <laughs> along. Right. No, my body knowing 3 a.m. come around. I don't need your assistance for my wheat toast and peanut butter at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like, it,
0: it, that sounds like rejection to a lot of people.
1: I struggle with that. Yeah. I've had to learn that it's not rejection, that not being included, that not being... Um, I used to think if you didn't let me help you yeah. or if you didn't need me... yeah that you didn't love me. Like, how dare you not let me take care of you? Yeah. Well, bitch, I'm grown. I don't,
0: I don't want to be taken care of. <laughs>
1: that, that was a gut punch when I realized, yeah. oh, it's just, I'm supposed to be dating adults. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. No, that's very real. <laughs> Got it. Very, that's something
0: I, and, you know, I'll just be transparent here. That's something, that's something, that's a point of contention for my marriage. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If I, you know, I, I hope this is not received in any type of way other than just the truth. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, my wife, she she wants to, you know, be she, needed. Uh, yeah, to I mean, I, I I can't say that I don't know that, but I know that she wants to contribute to my process. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And she and and there's some ways that she goes out of her way to contribute for that. And but then I also feel like she wants acknowledgement for that contribution. And I'm like, but, uh, but I didn't ask you for were the contrib- to contribute. I, like. See, I'm on a mission, right? I need you to care about the mission that I'm on more than me because I don't matter. I'm in a finite body. I have a finite amount of time on this earth. I'm trying to build something, and and this is, you know, this is a whole other issue because who are you who are you to give a fuck about what you're? Who are you to think that what you're building needs this much attention? Right? Me. that's how I feel about what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Like it's if it, it's my mission, who else is supposed to care about it more?
0: And it's a mission that I was on before I married you. Yeah. That's the other thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I'm on a mission and I need somebody who can contribute to that mission. Not worry about me. I can take care of me, but I need help with the mission. Yeah, And, and that just seems like a point where we miss each other a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I take the blame for I I feel ready. I feel ready. Because yeah. I see where he's wrong, I know where I'm wrong in, in my situation. You know, I'm I'm not the most transparent person either, but I, I also am not hiding anything. You know, right. you know, I, I I don't. My life is work, father, husband. It, there's no in between. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, you know, and I think that she. I don't think that there's a trust thing on that level. I think it is just a I feel rejected because you're not including me with everything. Like, yeah, I just don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how to stop and explain every step of the direction. You know, how do I explain? That it, slows
1: it, us down if I have to do this. Well,
0: yeah. and then it, speaking for Ruddy, how do I explain that fucking Mickey Cohen? <laughs> just sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> yeah, you're, that's
1: you're, a real thing. You're not gonna understand that. I can't tell you that the ma- that the mafia kidnapped me on the way to get your croissant.
0: You that don't, doesn't you even don't believe make sense. Me. You don't believe me. You're going to
1: think I'm fucking to Think I'm lying. Exactly. So no. So no. Bloodhorn called. Yeah. That's what happened. That's what happened. Like man. no. Fucking no. Jimmy <laughs> Colombo did not come and kidnap me off the street this morning because yeah. that that doesn't make sense to you. That's incredulous.
0: I can't it, say that. It doesn't make sense. And now and now we're going to we're going to get stuck on the details of me explaining how this happened, why it happened.
1: And it don't matter cuz it happened. It so happened. we have to I think I, I have been both ready and Francois. Mm-hmm. I've been in a place where it's like, I don't, I don't want to share that with you. I love you very much, but yeah. I don't. No, you don't need to know that much of me. Yeah, these parts of me are for me. Yeah, there, there are some parts of me that I get to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, what you gonna do? I'm gonna tell you, and then what? I'm gonna tell there you, you go. and then what?
0: You're gonna impose your, you're gonna impose your opinion. You're gonna talk about what should happen and what shouldn't it's gonna And now we all stressed. Now we're all stressed. When it could have just been me. There it is.
1: Ain't no point because you can't fix it. You cannot fix it. So we're just gonna move forward. There you go. As if it's not happening because who cares if it is or not?
0: See, you get it, Six. But also
1: I've been on the other side where it's like, I love you and I want to be a part of your process and I wanna help you. And even if I can't help you, I want to be able to to be someone that you feel vulnerable with. I think that's where the rejection comes in, where it's a you don't feel safe here with me. Mm -hmm. That's what that feels like. Mm -hmm. If something bad is happening to you or traumatic or even exciting is happening and you don't come to me to say it, Mm -hmm. do I not make you feel safe? Am I not making you feel like I am a safe space for your softness or for your fear. Mm-hmm. That's where the rejection comes in,
0: and, and that and that could very well be a possibility. And it's know?
1: not always true, though. Having also been already, it's like, right? No, so, I just don't want to tell you. Yeah, maybe so, I haven't processed through it yet, and I don't want to share it with you. That's it, because I don't even know what it is yet.
0: That's it. You know, it, it could definitely be one or the other. You know, it could. You know, there are situations where, you know, I think some people that does happen too, where, it, where it's where it's like damn, why can't you be open and honest with me and this and that? Yeah. Well, last time I was, you shit it in my mouth.
1: Yeah. So you, you, it never you. happened. Ask me that, about that other day. Like, if you okay. do that to me, I will never have another conversation about anything meaningful with you right. ever again. You have one time to shut down my vulnerability.
0: Right. And and see, the person receiving that is, they're going to feel a certain way about that, right? i they, hate to break so. Right. But <laughs> but that's the enti- like. that's the entitlement. The entitlement is... I should be able to have all the emotions that I want to have, right? About everything that you say. You, you should not be able to deny me my emotions. And I'm denying you of your reaction to my emotions.
1: That's the part that people always forget. Yeah. You can do or say whatever you'd like. Absolutely. People are like, oh, you have to hear people out. And if I'm honest, I should be able to talk to you and be honest with you. Hmm. You're absolutely right. Hmm. But then your honesty does not guarantee you whatever response you wanted. It doesn't. It just means that you were honest mm-hmm. and that your emotions are validated and heard and understood. But I get to also mm-hmm. have a response of my own mm-hmm. and emotions of my own. And if I am strong enough to act on my emotions in accordance to the way that I want to, mm-hmm. and you weren't, that's not my problem. Right. So people are like, oh, well, I wouldn't have left you for that. That's stupid. Because I'm gonna leave you
0: for it. I'm definitely leaving you for Yeah,
1: because I'm out of here. I know what I'm gonna yeah, do. Yeah. You should have more resolve. Hate to break it to you, but yeah, like
0: that's a fact. People
1: forget that part. Well, I was honest with you. Yeah. Thank you. I know. Thank you. You were supposed
0: to be. What? Or or, or you could have lied. You could you could have lied. I'm, I'm one of, I don't, I'm not one of those people. When people ask me, do you lie? Yes, yeah. I lie. I absolutely lie. Yeah. I will, I will I will absolutely lie to your face. And I'm when sorry. you ask me
1: why, I didn't want you. That's
0: the reality I wanted you to have. That's it. You know now now, the, the better question to ask somebody like me is why did I lie? You know what I'm saying? Because because Ooh.
1: what be- was that lie in service of? Yeah. Did it save me peace? Yeah. Did that lie keep me out someone else's mouth? Did that lie save my business from being spread? Yeah. Did that lie save me face? There you go. All right.
0: Because 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 guaranteed there's there's a reason and that's way more important than the lie. The lie is negligible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and so yeah no I. I People that act like the truth is the only thing that is absolute in life. And that's the people that don't understand grayscale to me. Mm-hmm. They just understand black and white. Like they're very, like, I don't get along good with those people at all.
1: And truth, I'm, I'm learning yeah. as I get older, especially that, and in therapy, shout out therapy, mm-hmm. truth can be very subjective. It is. We can tell two different stories about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And because of where we were standing when it happened, mm-hmm. they're two different stories, but they're both the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking at the front of someone and describing them, I'm looking at the back of someone and describing them. We're both describing the same person, but we have different descriptions. Right. But so, yeah, I'm, I'm learning that that can't be absolute. And like you said, so like I, we both said, truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. Way stranger. And it's easier to say, no, nah, I know the clouds are normally white, but that one's purple. Yeah. And, and, it's not It is purple, I promise. It was purple. It.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, then the, and then there's degrees of it, too, because, like, you know, just kind of reeling it back to the Godfather. When you think about when you when we meet Vito Corleone, mm-hmm. I mean, within twenty minutes of the film, there is a horse head in somebody's bed at his from his direction. But
1: you meet him at his daughter's wedding, being the most loving person on the planet,
0: right? You we hear about this story with him and uh, Luca Brasi, him sicking Luca Brasi on somebody to get. Uh, uh, not Frank Sinatra, see, uh, Fontaine. Yep. Fontaine, exactly. you know, basically, the do you want the gun? You know, an offer you can't refuse. We mm-hmm. hear about this story of, of, about Don Vito Corleone. So it is safe to say, it is, it's probably comfortable for anybody to call him a bad guy without context. Mm-hmm. But then when you see the world that he's in, and even more prominent, when you see part two, yeah. and you see where he came from, what he meant to his community and how he like really implanted himself to speak on behalf of the people and to be the most fair Don of all time, mm-hmm. you know, then the degrees of who he is up against somebody like Barzini or some of the other heads of the families, you're like, no, this guy's not a bad guy at all, right? You know, and, and, and that's the thing. But if you're talking to somebody that's like, if you kill somebody, you're automatically a bad person. See, you got to come off your shit.
1: I think harm scale matters. If okay. that's the right term for
0: it. Okay. Harm well, scale. No, because
1: like, I, I guess, but who's doing the least amount of harm, right? And and what is right. your quote unquote harm in service of? mm mm-hmm. Because um, like you were just getting to about murdering someone. Well, why'd you do it? Yeah. There's a reason. What? Right. Now, it's one thing to be a mass murderer and be an asshole. Right. But someone beat up your daughter, so you killed them. Hello. All right. Uh, let's move on <laughs> like, uh, So, thank you that was a great service you provided for the world like I don't so harm scale I don't even know if that's the right phrase
0: for it but but, but what you're saying makes sense yeah. yeah if it's not yeah
1: but that's something people learn like I said I'm learning that as I get older that
0: mm-hmm. there is a there's degrees man yeah it, it, you know a good and bad are not absolute values
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you know they are ballpark figures <laughs>
1: And you know, even then, which ballpark are you in?
0: That, that too. What game are we playing? Different right. people will,
1: will bring different things out of you. Different people mm-hmm. will require different levels of the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. some people you just don't want to be honest with. Because what you gonna do with it? What you gonna do with I it? I don't trust you with my honesty. Now what?
0: Yeah. If if somebody from TMZ comes around me and asks me to be honest about something, guess no. what? Fuck you. No. I mean, not the TMZ. My name is Susie
1: to, but... Sausagehead. Exactly. Now what?
0: <laughs> You know what I'm saying, and 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 that, and me lying to you weighs less than me lying to the IRS. <laughs> you know, I'm a I got to tell them the truth because they gonna figure it out. You know what I'm I find saying. Find a way to lie to them too, <laughs> right? I feel you, allegedly. Alleg- <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the shit is you know the absolute value shit when it comes. You know, again, man, those those are people that I I try my best to avoid mm. because it you like
1: the Bob Evans of the world. You,
0: uh ah, Bob Evans has has some grayscale to him. He has some grayscale to him, and I, maybe he, ever, he just has no vision. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because with like Pacino and all
1: that's like, why didn't you see that? Everybody else saw it.
0: See, he was he was egotistical. It seems like
1: oh, he didn't think of
0: it, so it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah and, and and those people that, are that the worst. part, that part, and then the um, it, there must be some sort of a personal beef there.
1: Yeah, that did. I was meant to ask you that because that felt very. Yeah. The shrimp never gets, like, did he fuck on one of his bitches or something?
0: It must have. Must have.
1: Definitely. Because, you know, his little girlfriend was way too young to be at his house.
0: Right. So I think that was, that's supposed to be like Ali McGraw, I believe, who apparently was some somewhat of a big act, actress, but was also um, uh, Bob Evans' partner, I okay. believe. So yeah, so maybe that's a thing. Maybe she spoke highly of him. <laughs> you know, the same way that uh, Francoise was kind of speaking, like, oh my God, just... Yeah. He, he, he was like, you know, but, but Ruddy was confident enough in himself to say.
1: Yeah, like, I girl, mean, you gonna go, go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Al Pacino. i leave me for him too. What's up?
0: Uh, he's smooth, man. I mean, he, he seems like very endearing. Somebody that you can sit and tell your life story to and he would be like.
1: I still, oh. even in the way that I feel about the world and life, uh-huh. I would love to sit down with Al Pacino and yeah.
0: just talk to him like
1: he was my grandfather.
0: Yeah. He, like, he, he seems, he seems fun.
1: I'd let him hug me.
0: Wow. No, okay.
1: they, yeah, you know it's a lot for me. Wow. I, yeah, I would let Al Pacino give me a hug. Like I'd hold his hand at dinner and like like a grandpa, like how you hold one of their hands with both your hands. Right. I love Al Pacino. Wow. Yeah.
0: Pacino holla. <laughs> no, not like that. Pacino holla. Shut it. Um. Yeah, but uh, you know what's funny is that, and shout out to Eric Capuzzo man, because she said it at the beginning. She set the pace for this. She said. Maybe you know, yeah, we're not killers and such, but maybe this is about finding out a reason that we would. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, at the depth of it, you know, somebody like her, she, she, I mean, she just explained it to the T. You know, there is grayscale, and there is degrees of good, evil, and so forth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, Godfather represented that perfectly. Um, Vic Vic Damone. I so I've been this whole time in life I've been I've been thinking Vic Damone was the guy from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think his name was Mike Damone. Yeah. So Vic Damone, I guess was a re- I didn't realize was a real fucking singer. <laughs> to my
1: understanding, wasn't he of mixed race or he had mixed race children? Possibly. I think that he had. I think he had mixed race children.
0: Uh, it, yeah. Like like Italian and black. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a thing. I'm fairly certain. Uh, yeah. You yeah. yeah, Robert Nero likes to dip his foot in the pool. No he. He
1: swims in it. Yeah. His wife and children. like Yeah, yeah. Like, he has been long-term married to a black woman. Yeah. A beautiful black woman at that. Yeah. And she don't seem like she take too much shit either.
0: But, you know, De Niro seems like he's very, like, you know, he's he an seems artist, like, man. He
1: seems like Gallo.
0: No, no. De Niro in real life? No, man. He's he... No, no. I just meant the, the
1: wandering Afro-only black woman.
0: Oh, okay. Got it, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's funny, the The whole Calogero, uh from Bronx Tale, because, you know, De Niro directed Bronx Tale. Really? Yeah, you that was his know? directorial debut. Okay. Um. So it's you know it's funny that like that was the whole thing with Colodjerol and mm-hmm. the, you know his girl you know being black. So that was probably like a
1: catharsis for him. Yeah, yeah, cathartic
0: for him as well. Yep, for sure. Um. But yeah, Vic Damone backed out. He got spooked. Pussy. <laughs> so that's what it seems Asked like. Asked
1: him one question. Yeah. and He folded.
0: He folded. Man. Like... Um. But it, I, I am interested in seeing that like as, because by the time we get to four, we're like, that's pretty much casting. Like they're, they're locking in all the pieces. It sounds like they locked in Dean Tavalaris, which was the production designer on this. And then um, Gordon Willis, who's the DP. Like they locked in those people. They locked in Brando. They locked in Pacino. They're locking in Sonny. They're locking in all, all the ancillary characters. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that like, Episode five, we start getting into maybe like pre-production, more pre-production and, uh, or maybe we start getting an actual production. Um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing to what degree the mob, all right. Cause you got, uh, Congressman Biagi and, Uh, old blue eyes was Frank Sinatra. Yeah. They're pretty much shitting all over. They're on a crusade to shit all over this. And you got Joe Colombo who's backing this. Right. Right. So at some point we, you know, it's going to escalate when they get into production. I'm sure. And I want to see how that starts to intersection.
1: Yeah. Especially because I know they're shooting Staten Island, but they're still in New York. Mm -hmm. And he was told by one side, you may not do this here. Right. And then Joe's like, do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. I said you're good. Right, I Who's run done? the city. <laughs> yeah, but no one likes you, right, Mr. Colombo. Like, even the commission
0: treats you like a little brother. Well, they had a good point. They said, yo, you're bringing the heat, bro. Yeah. You know, that's this is the same thing they told Tommy <laughs> on <laughs> Casino. You're bringing the heat, family. And the money come before the heat. Yeah, Man, not even just that. Like, I think
1: in every um, movie about Italian people who happen to I don't know if I like the word mafia anymore. Now every mafia right. movie now,
0: yeah.
1: um, even in Goodfellas, like when you would you cheating too much, you got to go home. Yeah, you got to go home. It was cute. <laughs> you making too much noise. Yep. You got to go home. <laughs> Your wife is out. now. <laughs> <You> got to <laughs> <Like>, go home. <laughs> I think it's always a thing. You got look, it's cute, but you got to go home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you causing all this trouble. You can't just. Yeah, Yeah. I'm. I'm interested to see what happens as they start filming, especially Mm -hmm. because they got to be outside.
0: They got to be outside. Dressed
1: this way, like I imagine, it looks like the some of the streets they're showing us in Harlem is that where some of the parades took place? Like,
0: right, right. Well, in the second one, Little Italy.
1: Little, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were in Little Italy then, right? But either way, you got to be outside. People are looking for you now. Mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra has a vendetta for you. He's talking to the Times Mm -hmm. about you specifically. Mm -hmm. Bob Evans is going to be butt hurt. I'm sure. Or it seems like he has a reason to be. Yeah. The embarrassment of it. The sneaking, not sneakiness, but the around my back of it. Yeah. And he can understand it was in service of the movie, but
0: especially as he realized it's going to do well. See, that's what I want to know. How much credit does he take for it? Because I I, I believe, so I think Brando gets an Oscar off of this. And I feel like Pacino gets an Oscar off of this as well. So if Pacino gets an Oscar off of this, and you were the guy that didn't want him. Does Bob Evans ever even admit that? Right. Or do you take credit? Like, oh, yeah, you know, of course I greenlit it. It's my, you know, which it, it it's in your right to do because your name is at the top of the top billing. Yeah. In terms of EP. Um, so, of course, you know, you would take credit for it. But, you know, the, the people behind the scenes know how much shit you gave to get here, you know, um, which that's all. That's just always the thing, man. Like you got somebody like Francis Ford Coppola, who is one of the greatest directors of our time, even though he doesn't have like a huge filmography for everything. He didn't do well, you know, the Godfather makes up for any, any deficiencies in his filmography, but he also did Apocalypse Now, which is regarded as one of the best movies of all time. And then he did another movie that I really liked. A lot of people don't know about with Gene Hackman called The Conversation, Um, Mm -mm. which is, yeah, it's a really good film. Uh just about like counter surveillance and stuff like that. The conversation. It's called The Conversation. Basically like Do you know where it's streaming at as of right now or no? I'm not sure. I'm I'll not look sure. It up. I'll you know, me. a nigga got it on DVT. You know what I mean? Okay. But it's essentially about like this guy who is like a private detective who's really good with counter surveillance. He's like spying on this lady that he was paid to do and he ends up hearing a murder.
1: I feel like you talked to me about this
0: before. Oh maybe, maybe cuz it is one of those films and especially for the time frame cuz I think he did it in between Godfather 1 and 2. So this had to be like 73. Mm-hmm. I think when the conversation came out.
1: In 74. 74. Filler.
0: Mm. And um
1: Gene Hackman, John Cazale, Alvin Garfield, Cindy Williams. Yeah, okay.
0: And yeah. Harrison and Ford. Harrison Ford. Okay. That was one of the first that was one of his first initial offerings. Um uh, yeah, he he played a small role, but yeah, man, it was a very interesting film, very well done. You just brought up a name that I want to speak about, and I never know how to pronounce his last name. Um, uh, John Cazale, Cazal, Cazal. Okay, John Cazal, Gazal, I think was on the track to being the best Italian American actor that we've ever seen. Really? If you he he had a very short run. Because he died. He died of cancer, I believe, mm. uh, in the 70s. I think he gave us five films in the time that he was alive. And those five films were Godfather 1, Godfather 2, because he played Fredo. Okay. Deer Hunter, which, amazing film. Also with Robert De Niro.
1: The discography.
0: Christ- Christopher Walken. The Conversation and dog day afternoon. Jesus god. He gave us five classics. He was 5 for 5. He might have the best like ratio filmography ratio of all time. He's like I'm going to tell you who he's like if we if we're talking about like rap music, he's the Biggie Smalls.
1: Okay. Of of
0: of acting. You know what I'm okay. saying? Where it's like if you talked about the greatest actors of all time, you could arguably mention him. And then of course there's gonna be some people that's like, of all time, I mean, he only had like a five year run. But then five years. Oh, baby. Yeah.
1: And he was knocking down Meryl Streep. That
0: was Meryl Streep's side jump. I mean, not not side jump, but that there was his. Was the, yeah, that that yep. He was he was Meryl Streep's jump. He
1: live off dating white future alone.
0: Come on, man. Come on. So it you could, you know, obviously that sort of talent is attracted to that sort of talent. Yeah. And we know the level of talent that Meryl Streep is. So you can only imagine like where where, Pacino and where we held Pacino and De Niro at. She'd be there. Not she. she. is there. John, yeah, excuse me. Uh, John Kazal. Uh, C- oh, Kazal. Yes, absolutely. We would absolutely be talking about him.
1: He held his bones against Pacino. Dog. He was. Opposite Pacino
0: at that. <laughs> see, he was, he was regarded as a better actor at, than Pacino then. You see really? what I'm saying? Yeah, he that's what I'm saying. He was the man. If you go back, have you seen Dog Day Afternoon? Not in a very long time. I saw oh. it as an adult, but very long time ago. When you time. go back and watch Dog Day Afternoon, John Cazal was menacing. Like Pacino did a good job. And I think like we have a different lens because Pacino was the bigger name by the time we saw yeah. Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. I watched Godfather for Al Pacino for. But when you watch Dog Day Afternoon. That is Cazal's movie, period, okay. point blank. Okay. And Pacino was just living in it. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But he was menacing. He was like, he just had this presence about him that really, really worked. And then you see what he did with Fredo. You know what I'm saying? Like he was very meek in the first one, but right. the second one, he, you're my kid brother. You take care you're of me. me. <laughs> I got ideas. Yeah, that's not what I wanted. I'm smart. I'm smart. <laughs> Not dumb like everybody says. I'm smart and I want respect. Yeah, all of that, dog. And
1: they said, Don't ever come see my mother when I'm with her. I know you're smart. However, <laughs> well, if you're as smart as you say you are,
0: yeah.
1: don't come see my mama when I'm seeing my mama. Period. Okay. I the, know you're smart. I know, baby. I know.
0: Those two guys opposite of each other. Damn.
1: That's why they go Pachito. He was like, I know you're smart, honey. However, come. <laughs> yeah. Sway from my mother.
0: Yeah. Woo. <laughs> That's some tense shit. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else happened in two, three and four? Cause it, it's a lot.
1: Betty, we fell in love with her even more. Yes. Betty can take one for the team without, to watch women who are able to take one for the team mm-hmm. without ever, um, compromising themselves at the same time. Mm. That's a skill. Mm-hmm. That's a very real skill. The way that she dealt with Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, Bloodhorn, is that how you say his last name? I believe Blood so. Bloodhorn. Yeah. Bloodhorn. Yeah. The way that she placated him, but still, you can't make me do anything. Right.
0: And she and And,
1: and meant that <sighs> everybody understood what was said. Relax. <sighs> but I also need something out of you. Yeah. So I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. And her willingness to do that, because you know, Betty don't that's that's not her game. Right. That's not that's she's not here to do all that. Right. Betty is here to make sure you make the right phone calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is not here. To fake entertain old Austrian men, right? But she, but to be able to do that, and the way that she's able to maneuver in rooms and uh, benevolently manipulate people, because mm. all manipulation is not bad, right? Mm. Like I think we live our lives manipulating each other and ourselves. But the way that she makes m- rooms move mm-hmm. for to her will is is important, mm. and men can't do that. Mm. Not in the way that women can. True. I think men can, of course, get you know responses, but there's a finesse that women have to it that people feel much more comfortable with a lot of times. Yeah, for women who are good at it, um, you you don't feel like you're being played. You almost feel like, oh yeah, this was my idea. Right. There's value in that, and having a woman around you who can appeal to people that way. Yeah. And Betty mastered that. If Betty's a real person, yeah. she mastered that
0: and she you're you're spot on with that and it, even the way like she handled francois like mm-hmm. uh francois like you, you know she built the, she she cut the boundary with francois and like yo yeah i get it that's your man but like i have a loyalty to him in a different way
1: she said i'm not going to lie to you but i'm not going to tell you i'm not that's it my lord and something about i thought we were you're were a very loyal person like that she said yeah but not to you but not
0: to you yeah oh and Françoise loved that. You know, cuz she was like, "You know what? Bet you right. Yeah. I tried it." <laughs> because I because I know my man is in good hands with you. Right. But, but then to see her sort of like flip that to some degree when Françoise started like imposing herself too much. Cuz what you doing? You know, she she gave Françoise that space. She didn't disrespect Françoise, but she was definitely pulling Ruddy to the side like, "Yo, get yeah. your
1: beef. get get her what what is she, <laughs> she wilding. What is she doing? She in here? fucking up the mission. Why, she on the wrong ex. Yeah, she is not standing
0: yeah. on the right ex. But that's a like you uh, to your point. That's that's a skill too, man. Because like I think um I think when people it's hard for people to suppress emotions mm-hmm. and to do what's best for the situation that may be against how they would normally handle something. You know, and, and she was just she. She was spot on that because I feel like most most people probably would have went at Francois's neck, and then you would have caused a whole nother issue
1: because now he has to be on her side, exactly. that is his partner. You have to let him finesse that you have to give him grace like hey. Again, something I learned at work is we don't have emotional conversations at work. Mm. Something's bothering you at work. You tell me what the problem is, not how you feel about what's making the problem. Mm. And I will get the undertone of how you feel about it, but you want me to fix the problem. Right. Not your feelings. I'm not your therapist. I can't fix your feelings. Right. I'm here to fix problems for you. So, hey, Francoise is making it difficult to communicate with our uppers because she is stepping out of place and having cross conversations. Yep. And what you feel like is, who the fuck this bitch be talking to? Exactly. But you can't say that. All right. It doesn't serve anything. You have to say, she's making our jobs messy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I can fix that problem. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. You got you to you love people that can distinguish the difference. Cause, yeah. Because everybody cannot. Everybody cannot. So, yeah. No, thank you for bringing Betty back up, because she, she deserves that love.
1: My girl, France, fucking Francois.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that she left for Paris. I hope she doesn't come back, and not because she's. It's one of those things where it's like she's not a bad person. You, you you're just in the way. You're just in the way. Yeah. You know? And 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 we know what the Godfather meant to American culture, so we kind of need you out here so this movie right. can get done. Because you almost robbed us, girl. <laughs> you almost robbed.
1: Like us. I love you down. But yeah. yeah.
0: Not like this. So you're doing the most, man. Um, uh, let's see what else would, oh, so I thought it was, I thought that was very clever of, so when Evans and Brando finally get together, they have like a lunch or whatever, Mm -hmm. like a brunch.
1: At that ugly ass restaurant. So tacky.
0: (laughs) It's funny. If you watch that scene again, there is somebody sitting in the foreground. It looks like it's supposed to be Jack Nicholson. Cause I would imagine that that restaurant is probably like a restaurant with stars, right?
1: Jack Nicholson got to be a thousand
0: years old. Yeah, he's been through a lot of different- Because uh, he's been on
1: the sideline of Knicks games all my life.
0: Yeah. N- long, not Knicks, uh, Lakers. Lakers. He's,
1: he's the Laker Spike Lee?
0: Yeah, he's the Lakers Spike Lee for sure.
1: Yeah, but but either way, he's been doing it long as Spike Lee. Yeah. And you was also almost in the Godfather? Yeah. You-
0: Yeah. That, so it, but I thought that that was cool to show like Evans and Nicholson's relationship because, again, I also know Bob Evans from being a pr- producer on Chinatown. And okay. Chinatown is starring Jack. That's that's one of them ones too. If you've never seen Chinatown, f first of all, it's content that's right up this show's alley. Um, and it, it I think you would fucking love it because okay. it deals with like quote unquote conspiracies and polit, like political shit going oh, on with like I'm in Chinatown. Yeah. How you doing, um but yeah,
1: that's, pro-
0: that's with probably with Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yep. He he plays a private detective. But uh that was a, also a Paramount film, and that's also Bob Evans produced. Um, so it was cool to see like that. There was a, like a, a small conversation that they had on the phone where he was talking about bringing him in, I think, as Michael yeah. or whatever. Yeah,
1: when he was in the bed and Baby Girl was like, I ain't getting no dick tonight. Fine. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was cool. And thank God we did not get Jack Nicholson as Michael Corleone.
1: Dude, could you imagine?
0: This would have been a shitty film. I, I ain't gonna been. say shitty. It no, just... it would have been horrible. Yeah.
1: Him or Robert, anybody who was not Al Pacino. <laughs>
0: yeah, that would have been wild.
1: Fucking Robert Redford.
0: Uh, that would have Robert Redford, fam. Yeah, come on, man. Back, back up.
1: The fucking runaway cowboy, please leave me alone.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't. That wouldn't. If they would. He would have had to do a Marlon Brando style transformation. For like, me to believe that one.
1: Yeah. Into Al Pacino.
0: <laughs> yeah, <into laughs> we can
1: right. just use Al Pacino. Right.
0: right. I, I thought that that was uh, just reeling back to when um, getting Brando involved. So th- their budget was four million. Shooting in New York, you know, Barry uh, Lapidus was trying to get them to shoot in Kansas City, bro. Please go to hell. Or uh, he named another city, too. It was so, like St. Louis.
1: Yes. It was St. Louis.
0: <laughs> As New York, my nigga? Get away from me. Yeah, back down. Like. It, it, um, so they were trying to save money in that way. And then also, you know, the whole scene, which I completely understand, with Michael and Sicily. You know, I understand that being questioned. Like, yo, do we really need to go to Dude, Italy to yeah. shoot this? And yes,
1: we do. Actually,
0: we do. We really do. We do um,
1: you're not gonna get the feeling?
0: Um, but uh, I I thought it was cool showing that, like, how the money with Marlon Brando because he is such a big star. They basically got him to do it for what they call scale, like a SAG scale, which is um that would be considered like all right, so. The Screen Actors Guild, they have like, you know, it's kind of like a a union to some degree. Okay. Right? Not even to some degree. It is a union. SAG is, yeah. It's a union. So there is a specific minimum that you have to pay a SAG actor because it it has to correspond with, we have standards for our actors that we have to fight for. So SAG scale or like actor scale is like... Basically the lowest rate that they can pay you as a SAG actor. Okay. And then how it sounded like that they made up for that was they gave them five points on the box office over 50 million, which I don't know how much five points on 50 million is, or 50 million. Or over. I don't know how much five points is worth. I would imagine that's percent, but I, I think the point system is different than the percentage system. Yeah, And I don't know how that shit breaks down.
1: And they also but. did it thinking that it wasn't going to make what it made, probably.
0: <sighs> yeah. Well, they <laughs> yeah, they definitely didn't account for everyone's it.
1: everyone's
0: going to be rich. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure this is the one that like allowed Brando to just sit the fuck down and do whatever he wanted to do.
1: Cause five points is several points.
0: It's got to be right.
1: Because when I hear things, people talk, I feel like you told me about Zendaya doing this, paying the people on Malcolm and Marie. She gave them points Perce- or equity, yeah, equity, yeah, versus
0: a bunch of upfront pay. Absolutely. W- which uh, you know, equity everybody understands, but it's just that fucking. I don't understand the point system. They and they they used to use the point system. And music as well, because it's like a point is not a percentage, it's like a, it's like a, a value within a percentage. Yeah. Like so, five points might end up being one percent. That's still a lot of money. It is. It can be for sure, um, depending on how much something grosses. But it, yeah, it just gets weird because it just seems like instead of telling me that, why don't you just tell me what the percentage is worth? Like I don't understand the point system. Yeah. It's like legalese, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. So that was interesting to see that. And basically the money didn't matter to him. He just wanted to shit on Frank Sinatra. That's funny, you know, uh, on its own. I'm trying to think what else, what else are some major, I'm try, you know what I'm really trying to think? I'm trying to think of what are the points that I have to hit to where if Alexandra heard this podcast, she would be okay with it because oh she's, my goodness. she's the godfather. I had to bow down to her. She's the God. She said that she learned, shout out to Alexandra. She said that she learned how to, she taught herself Italian. Just so she didn't have to rely on the subtitles. Yes, in the Godfather, she's a
1: polyglot in general. Though I think she also speaks Japanese, Mandarin, something else. But yeah, she mm-hmm. chose Italian based off she liked the Godfather and did not trust the subtitles to be telling the truth.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, that, that's goat stat. Like yeah, uh, like I have to take off the crown to that. So yeah. so I'm I'm the. I know Godfather better than everybody. Except Alexandra. Alexandra. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She's also addicted to learning. Like she's one of the people who just like collects degrees. That's dope. I mean, sure. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) Overachiever.
0: Um, uh, what else happened here? uh, Let me ask you, do you have any questions about anything that happened or anything that you want to bring up?
1: No, I think after realizing what was and wasn't, it kind of all starts to make more sense. I just take things as Easter eggs now Okay. versus how is that fitting in. Um, I'm interested to see Nikki Barnes' role in this because f- that doesn't feel like—they they didn't add that for drama's sake. Right. That's going to mean something, so well, I'm
0: interested. I, so what I seem to gather so far, what it may mean—so obviously showing that him and Gallo had their thing going on, mm-hmm. right? And Gallo is posing a direct threat to to Columbo. Mm-hmm. He's basically waged war on Columbo. Yeah, you know, like take t- tell your tell your boss take that thousand dollars and he gave shove the, it up your shove it up your ass. Lou Ferrigno had to de- deliver that message, or
1: I'll send your head back.
0: Yeah, I like and, that. And Columbo basically saying, Yeah, I knew it was an insult. Now I want to see what he's so he's playing chess. Yeah, you know, he want to catch him slipping. But if Gallo were to get Joe Columbo out of the paint, then I think that makes the whole movie very vulnerable. Because, yeah. Because because Joe Colombo is the only thing standing in between uh, Paramount and the whole Italian American community. Right. You know. Right. So, um, so yeah. So that's, so that's maybe very that's in service of. But yeah.
1: But I guess why? Maybe was it Nikki Barnes specifically, or how does that? How does the relationship with Black Americans plan? I guess is the question I'm looking for.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well. Or maybe
1: yeah. it was just he just happened to be friends with Nikki Barnes. That's where he went.
0: But well, you know, I, if I if I remember correctly, Nikki Barnes was getting his heroin from the Italians, like most people, except for Frank Lucas, of course, who oh, you know, who that the jury's still out on that Frank Lucas shit.
1: Got it from Vietnam.
0: Yeah, the, uh, he flew over. I knew I I knew about Please. um, what's the other guy? The other Frank guy. There's another Frank guy that did that did some. That was big with heroin. He did a lot in Philly. Frank Mathis? Matthews. Mm-hmm. Frank Matthews, I believe his name is. Okay. Um, I knew about a Frank Matthews, but I didn't know about no fucking Frank Lucas. But anyway, that's yeah. besides the point. Um, so yeah, so but but everybody who was getting their heroin was getting it from the Italians. So
1: maybe. Th-
0: that that's the connection I'm getting.
1: Or maybe that's how he reigns in John to keep that connection. Okay. Maybe they show that there was peace kept between Columbo and John because of Nikki Barnes and his heroin connection.
0: Columbo and John, John who? Gallo. Oh, Joe Gallo. Gallo. Joe. Yes. Right, right, right. That could be, that could be the case. You know, what's funny. I just thought about this. Speaking of heroin and connections. So there was a part when they first got into the production office in New York there was a part where the, uh, the, the cop, the officer, Sonny Grasso, mm-hmm. who came to him. So I don't know if you're familiar with the movie French Connection.
1: Familiar? Again, I'm telling my age. I've never seen
0: it. Okay. No, it's all <laughs> yeah. good. These are all 70s movies. Yeah. French Connection is another Gene Hackman one. Mm-hmm. Where, where basically it was uh, the story of these two cops, one of them being Sonny Grasso, who were uh, basically trying to capture the, the French Connection, the guy who's bringing all the heroin into New York from France. You know what I'm saying? So the movie is about that the French uh, the French Connection, but so that's just interesting that Sonny Grasso, you know, it, you know, had an appearance in this whole situation. You know, when you think about the heroin, the Italians, heroin, French Connection, yeah, I don't know. There's there's something there, and I just haven't figured it out. But I don't know if they're just kind of throwing more Easter eggs at us. Uh. uh uh, there was oh, there was one specific Easter egg, and just talking through that, another one that came to mind. Um, Jesus, what was it? I was just on something. <coughs> uh, I was just on something, man, and I can't think of what it is. Save me, save me, save me, six. Uh,
1: I don't remember. we <laughs> were talking about uh. I don't I don't know what other Easter egg you could be looking for.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what it was. Okay.
1: Now. I was like, I don't want to dead air it. Oh God, I don't know.
0: It was so fucking dope when Coppola was like, when he left the toast, he was like, I'm going to Marty Scorsese's house with his parents <laughs> to record them having dinner.
1: To use their accents. To use yeah.
0: their delivery. Because do, do, how much do you know about Marty Scorsese's mom and dad?
1: I feel like his mom was the inspiration for a lot of Italian moms. And I think, is it Goodfellas specifically? I feel like uh, Nikki's mom is supposed to be Scorsese's mom. That
0: is Scorsese's mom. Okay, yeah. Scorsese's mom, she, they have the most endearing relationship. Like, that, you know, you, I've seen, like, so many clips of, like, Marty talking with, like, his mother and his father, and they were just so supportive of his career. And he he constantly casted his mom in those, you know, in, in little small roles in the movies. Yeah. And, you know, she took a lot of pride in that. So, uh, but if you... So, understanding that connection existed, because there was, like, a little film community... All right, it was like this little film community thing, I guess would be considered almost like the Brat Pack of filmmakers, where it was like um, Coppola, Scorsese, um, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and the guy who directed Deer Hunter, uh, and I forget his name. But those five guys were like, oh, and then also, so you know what, take 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 the Deer Hunter guy away, because maybe it's not him. Um, but Brian De Palma, the guy who directed Scarface. They, it was like this, they were like this small group of like filmmakers who constantly checked in on each other. Like, mm-hmm. like, okay, do you remember the scene in Godfather where Michael came back to the hospital and he moved the Don from one room to the next? Yes. So Spielberg stopped in and helped Coppola edit that scene, because like there's there's a part in there's a part in that scene where it's like when somebody starts coming up the stairs, when it's uh, Enzo the Baker's coming up the stairs, mm-hmm. but they don't know who it is. Yeah, there's like there's tension where it's like it just holds on the staircase, and you hear the like the feet coming up the stairs. Editing it that way was Martin, or not Martin Scorsese, but Steven Spielberg's idea to edit it that way. Where he was, made
1: each other better, basically.
0: Yes. Then you hear about Spielberg stopping on Brian De Palma set. He stopped in on the day that they shot the scene where, um, in in the mansion where you know the ending scene where, um, Tony gets killed in his mansion. Yeah. So Spielberg was on set for that. You know what I'm saying? He popped up on set that day that they they shot that. And I think he held one of the cameras filming that scene. It they just had this. it, It just seemed like these who are now iconic film directors, they were just friends that like pushed each other to be better. And we can see it in the cinema. So to hear him talk about, you know, going to Marty Scorsese's house and hanging with his family to basically get context for Italian families.
1: But even that, right. Even saying, yeah, come record my family's conversation so you can mock my mother in this movie. Like being comfortable to tell someone that. Even that just shows, yeah. I want you to be as good as I am, and I want to be as good as you are, and let's build this community to do it together. That's really cool, go.
0: dope as shit. And and what's even cooler is at this point, if there's anything that Scorsese had out at this point in terms of a film, the only thing that he probably had out was uh uh, uh what was it Streets of New York, Gangs what of New York? I, no, not Gangs of New York. He his his very first film, Mean Streets. Okay. I think Mean Streets was probably the only thing that he had out at this time. B- but I think he might have been working on Taxi Driver, which was De Niro. Okay. So from what I understand, De Niro also I know I'm nerd I'm nerding out crazy. I'm it's, so sorry. This
1: is no, it's okay. This is the show for you to nerd out, to be honest.
0: I appreciate like... that. I think I think Scorsese actually sent De Niro to read for to read for Michael as well. So um, you know, that's how we ended up getting I think it, it, it came down to like Bobby, Bobby De Niro and Al Pacino. And then what they ended up doing was just using Bobby De Niro as the Don in part two. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're, they, even their ecosystem, they shared actors and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, but a, another Easter egg with uh, Marty Scorsese's mom is actually in Godfather 3. She's one of the old ladies that comes up to, um, comes up to Vincent Mancini. And it's talking about how the neighborhood has changed. Yeah, That was one of her last films before she died. So it was Aww. Godfather 3. Yeah, man. So it's just this like, it's cool hearing them like even reference the relationships that they had. I think there was even another time where, um, yeah, when when the scene that I was telling you about where Sonny, Sonny um, the cop guy from French Connection, when he came to the production office and he introduced himself to uh francis ford coppola he was like uh oh yeah french connection he was like yeah billy's a good friend of mine william freak and billy is the oh, director wow. <laughs> is the director of uh french connection he also directed the exorcist as well which is my number one favorite horror movie of all time but anyway enough of the nerd shit so they're they're really they're doing a lot of easter eggs just for godfather lovers but then also people that hold that period of film into a certain esteem. They're just giving us a lot to grab onto uh, with the connections between these people. And I, I, at this point now, Six, I feel like I've done enough talking
1: no, you're good. for the episode. You got your nerding out. It's good. I Again, did. this it's a movie about making a movie. Yeah. I, I think that we all expected you to nerd out some, it's fine.
0: I appreciate it. Thank y'all for giving <laughs> right. me the space to do it.
1: Yeah. And um, I'm learning a lot that way. I think even when when we talk about the first time that we started doing um, Snowfall, that is the mm-hmm. name of the show. Yeah, I learned so much. I started watching TV differently mm-hmm. just from like your little nerd sessions. Wow!
0: So it, they're helpful. Wow! Yeah, that's 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 good to hear. Thank you for yeah. saying that. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you one question before we wrap this up. Is there anything that you're excited to see them recreate? As this show goes on, like, is there anything that you you can't wait to see them recreate from the movie, or is there any are there any other actors that are playing people that you can't wait to see how they do? You know, like Pacino was great. S-
1: I want to see Michael meet Kay. I would like to see mm. what that looks like, what their chemistry was before, because it was it was underwhelming on screen, and and I I've always thought that was purposeful, that he wasn't supposed to feel attracted. To his wife in any way. Interesting. I don't feel like they had good... There was no sexual tension chemistry. They didn't strike me as very much in love, nothing.
0: Interesting. So okay. I'm
1: interested to see if that was by design. Got it. Um, I just thought it was... I thought it was by design, mm-hmm. but I'm learning a lot that maybe it's not <laughs> throughout
0: mm-hmm. this. Yeah.
1: Um, But... I'm also. I want to hear him. I want to see them recreate that opening scene in the first Godfather. I want to see the wedding. The wedding. And I want to see Marlon Brando in his office and as the Don having those conversations. Mm -hmm. I want to see that. I want to see the first time the crew sees Marlon Brando as Don Vito, Mm -hmm. and if they all get mesmerized like everyone else did.
0: Mm. Yeah. I you you know I have a feeling that's those are good. Those those are good. Those are good. Um. I have a feeling cuz they showed us something in in the scenes with Puzo and and Coppola which they showed uh if if you kind of watch Coppola cl- uh, like closely in episode 2 he's kind of like taking an exacto knife and he's cutting out some pages. Yeah. So what he actually did was and this is the first time I'd ever heard anybody doing anything like this and I thought this is the most genius thing. He had the script and he bordered every single page of the script with like an extra border of paper around it so he can write notes in the margin. Yeah. So so his script book was like, you know, this big binder. And then the script pages were probably like 10% bigger than what they need to be because he wrote notes all in the margin oh, of the wow. script without writing on the script. So when you see him cutting with that exacto knife, that's what he's doing. He's cutting out pages. To basically superimpose over each page of the script. Wow. Yeah, and um, there's a there. He made a very big deal out of the scene where Michael shoots Salasso and where they're talking about how I mean, making Clemenza. Yes, sort I remember of that. That that he drops
1: off, and why won't you drop it? Drop it. Why won't you drop it? Then he finally does, and we regain our trust, and then we know that he's transformed. Yes, into the Michael quote. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think that they're going to show us that. Because, yeah, they got to, because yeah, they made such a big deal about they it. They made a big deal about it. And I think that's probably the moment. I, I feel like if I had to guess how they're going to use that, that's going to be the moment that shows us how extraordinary of an actor that Al Pacino is. Even though I don't think that scene is the one that makes him. No. But if you think about it, even in the film, that is the scene to. that is the scene to me where he he becomes a more serious man now.
1: And th- that's what they wanted. So right. it worked. Because <laughs> they said that's when the audience realized that he's made the change.
0: Yeah, see, that, that's funny, though, because I'm going to tell you to me in the original Godfather, the scene that actually, where re- where I realized he made the change mm-hmm. was in that hospital that, that, that where I was just tell- just telling you about. So, you know, uh, Enzo comes up the stairs. The, uh, Michael realizes it's Enzo, and he's like, listen, you know, uh,
1: move my father
0: yeah he was like we, we we moved my father which they did and he was like I want you to wait for me outside I'll be out there so boom he sends him outside Enzo you know Enzo has his bouquet of flowers Michael comes out he throws the bouquet of flowers out of Enzo's hand pops his collar up Yeah, and he was like I want you to put your hands in your, your pocket, pocket like, like you, you got a gun, gun. Yeah. McCluskey's men comes past the precinct or come past the hospital they see two guys that look like bodyguards they keep it moving when they leave Enzo pulls out a cigarette with his lighter, like he's trying to light it. Yeah, he can't, very shaky. And Michael just grabs it and he lights it and he realizes that his hands are not shaking. Yeah. To me, that was the moment. That was Really? Like, for me.
1: That was a filmmaker mind. But I see how, how you got there, but that was a very... The,
0: it's because you notice all those
1: small things that filmmaker... Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. And shout out to Bodega Bams, man. I remember Bodega Bams is another dude that really loves The Godfather. Mm-hmm. But I remember like me and him had a specific conversation. Where we were talking about that scene, and I and I broke it down to him. He was like, "Yo, anybody who knows who Bodega Bams is, he's the most Puerto Rican, like <laughs> most Puerto Rican prod, like talks like a New York Puerto Rican. You would oh, expect, gosh. Like, Yo son, yo, cool, coolest brother alive, man.' Yeah. Shout out the the whole Tam boys, but um, Bodega Bams is like." Yo, son, I never looked at that scene like that. Yo. Yeah. That shit crazy. You right.
1: Cause, yeah, because you're right, but I've never
0: Yeah. So shout out to Bodega Bands, man. That was that was a moment for us, man. But um Yeah, that's that, man. In a nutshell for me, I'm oh, I'm no, I didn't say the scene that I'm looking forward to. I, um I hope they take us to Sicily. Yeah. I hope they take us to Sicily. Yeah.
1: yeah. And at least show us the green lighting of the second one. Yeah, I want to see how that's received.
0: Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree, and and just because we talked about him, I do want to see who plays John Cazal. Cazal. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I I can't. I don't know how to, which one's the proper. Well, I was not saying Corleone or... until this came. Oh, yeah, I don't know why you were doing that. Fucking <laughs> Francis Ford shut me down. He was like, Good. I Don't even know how to pronounce Corleone. They say Corleone. Like... I was like, "Fuck that's me." But um, yeah, uh, I do want to see who they bring out to play John Cazal. So that's that on that. Yeah. Well, I think we gave him a good pod here, Six. I think so too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to episode five. I hope this episode is Alexandra approved. Hope so. I'm hope so. Mm-hmm. sure it will be. Yeah. Um. You want to give them our social, Six?
1: Yes. On Instagram, we are Grams of Snow Pod. On Twitter, we are Grams of Snow. Mm-hmm. Let me double check and make sure that I'm normally pretty confident in it. But right now, I don't know why I'm not.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're right, man. While, I am.
1: Instagram, Grands of Snow Pod. And on Twitter, we are Grands of Snow.
0: There you go, man. Yes. And, and please, guys, man, um, you know, interact with us, man. We're going to try to, you know, bring you guys some more content and keep you, you know, embedded in this space. Um, I know not as many people are watching the offer as they were Snowfall. Okay? Yeah. And, and, you know, but if you by chance listen to this and you know some other people that are into the offer, you know, please just slide and you know yeah. slide them the little share. You know, hit the little share. Or if share you want to start watching it, yeah. Or yeah. if you want to start watching it, man, because this is really a good show. Um, it's really a good show. It's a very friction frictionless show. Yes. You know, we've been covering a lot of stuff that and has I, like,
1: like I need this kind of rest.
0: Yeah. Just, hey, this got a little
1: bit of friction, but nothing like what we've been watching. Yeah,
0: so. it's all we all know how it all ends. Yeah. So, yeah, so.
1: nothing too crazy gonna happen.
0: All right. So yeah, man, that's that on that. Uh, I guess until next week in the meet. well oh, wait a minute. In a, a couple minute. days. Yeah. In a couple days. We, we- on the city. We on the city. Episode three. Yep. Um, so, you know, make sure that you're, you're, you're tuning into that and then we'll be back next week for episode five. Yes. Of the offer. Yes. Yep. And, uh, I guess until then, man, just, uh, I don't know, man, just try to be respectful to the Italian American community.
1: Please. Yeah. Let's all rethink our use of the word yeah. mafia.
0: They're fine people.
1: Enough.
0: (laughs) Enough. Shout out to Pat Geary. Bye, friends. Peace. Oh, six. This is the second episode I didn't introduce us. It's okay. This has been an On-Ear Network production.